Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We hope this week's message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word together. Our mission at Reach is to see lives changed by Christ together in community by loving God, loving people, and reaching our world. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com. Uh, if you've not met me, my name is Heath. I'm the lead pastor here at Reach. Um, and today we're going to talk about lots of things, but one specifically is the idea that prayer is power. Um, we are unable to do any of the things that God has called us to, period. And this is why we're connected to an all-powerful, sovereign Lord that grants us an ear to speak to him so that he can uh, help us. See, hopefully, with everything going on, you may feel helpless, you may feel whatever, but hopefully it's increasing your desire for God to move in power. I know I am. With everything going on in our world, you should also grow in your understanding that you are not in control. As much as we would love to go and and say, stop, don't do this, don't do that, and and stop every terror organization from threatening innocent lives and all that happens after that, we cannot. I mean, you can pack up and go on a plane over there, but you will not be able to do what God can do when we lean in to him. See, we're not in control, but we can turn to our father and ask for help. Uh, And this isn't just for Israel. So I'm going to talk about prayer today and I'm going to talk about Israel a little bit, um, but I'm more going to talk about the idea that we can go to God with Little things, and I know it's not little when you're feeling it, but like anxiety, uh, with relationships, with our kids, with what's happening across the world. Uh, One bad news, uh, and I'll confess this, and if you didn't know this already, um, I don't know everything, and I don't have the answer to everything, and as much as I have researched and looked, um, I would love to say this is the truth and this is exactly what we should do, and I, I just want to tell you that I don't know. But I do know that I serve a God that does. And when I don't know, I can press into him. And I think today's text um, will help us do exactly that. Uh, the other bad news is, as much as you think you know, you don't either. Um, and I encourage you over and over again to be very cautious with opinions and platitudes of like, this is or this isn't. Uh, and I do that all day long with the cross and do that all day long with the gospel and who Christ is. But be very careful when we when we begin to declare what we should and shouldn't do. And I mean, I'm not don't take that as a like we say nothing, but like just be cautious. Sometimes we get online. I've done it, not necessarily online, but I've stepped into things going, yes, this is right. And then someone tells me that I was really wrong because, you know, I didn't have all the information and. Um, We want today to lean in to God. So today we're going to look at three prayers. So the book um, of 1 Thessalonians has three prayers. There's three different sections in there, and it's capped off by prayer. And we're going to take all three of those prayers and look at not only how we can be praying. And this isn't the only model. This isn't like if you pray these three things, you'll get everything that you want, because that's a lie. 
That's a lie. There's, there's no magic you know, words. There's no genie in a bottle that we can declare. And, and God will give us all that we want because all that you want in your heart is not good. And if God gave you everything that you wanted and desired inside of you, our world would be in a bigger mess uh, than it is right now. But thankfully, we have a God that knows exactly what we need and is willing to put us in stressful situations into the unknown to get us to lean in to him. So let's pray before we get into his word. Father, we want to be useful we want to be helpful. We want to be encouraging. Uh, we want to be hope-filled. And Lord, we just acknowledge that our hope is not in uh, peace accords that come through man. Our hope is not in our government or other governments. Our fear is not in some entity, some spiritual force that will overcome you. Lord, we just declare in Jesus' name that you are sovereign over all, even what's going on in Israel. You have plan and purpose. And Lord, we want to lean into that. We want to trust you, but we want to see the hope that you have. And so, Lord, I I pray in these verses that we look at to these prayers that Paul prayed over a people Um, Lord, that you would engage us. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't sit on the sideline and be nervous and anxious and do nothing, but Lord, we'd sit on the sideline and begin to press into the source of power, which is you. Let us trust wholly in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, So I like to, anytime I'm jumping into a new book, I like to kind of give you a little bit of background so you know what's kind of going on. Uh, The church in Thessalonica is in present-day Greece. It was started by Paul and Silas on their missionary journey. I think you can read that in Acts 17. Uh, On their missionary journey through Macedonia. Like the places before, they went in, preached the gospel, People responded, Jews and Gentiles, pagans and alike, they experienced the move of God and a church was born. And within a month, uh, the people on both sides, either the, the Jews that didn't like Jesus or the pagans that are like, hey, you're taking our worshipers, they ran Paul and Silas out of town. So the church was left there to deal with the persecution, deal with the pain and the pressure of what's going on while wanting to be obedient to this new Lord and Savior. Thessalonians, or Thessalonica, uh, was a major port city, around 200,000 people. So we're not talking about a little village. This is a major port city filled with Jews and Greeks with a strong pagan culture. This isn't like, you know, a a place that was just waiting for the gospel. This is a place that's going to meet resistance because there they are things set in stone, kind of like the Middle East. This is what we are and this is what we're not. And the church was still growing in spite of that. And I, I just want to, I want to say this. Um, nothing, Hamas, Muslims in general, nothing is going to stop the work of God in this world. Our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against these people that have been convinced and brainwashed that this is the only way, that we must eradicate Israel, that we must get rid of this. The, 
It won't end. I mean, like we're Israel is a nation right now. I don't know if you've looked at the history of it. Israel is a nation right now, which I think is just crazy. Like, and I, I think very, very telling of what God's purpose and plan. It, it, he has not forgotten. It is still there in spite of all. I mean, it's literally surrounded by people that want them gone. The greater body of converts came to Christ were outright pagans, worshiping all these other deities, praying to these other things for harvest and fertility and all this stuff was going on there. That was their old life. They were surrounded with a culture uh, of heathens uh, and gross immorality. And I want to say this is a church that's growing and successful in that environment. So, so we live in a country that as much as we'd love to call this a Christian nation, it is not. I don't know how long it has not not been a Christian nation, but it is not. Our, we're not ruled. Uh, our, our, our rules and laws may be leaning in that direction, but it, it, it's, it's not. I mean, go down the road, you know, turn on the TV. We're bombarded by things that are contrary to who we are and what we believe. And the church was still thriving in spite of that. And this is why I think it's even more important that these prayers have power. And there's a purpose why Paul was praying them over this. See, this led to enormous temptation to return to their old ways um, and significant persecution if they refused to return recant their faith in Christ. And in spite of all of their faith, in spite of all this, their faith was still strong. This, this is, uh, they believe, one of the earliest letters that Paul wrote, uh, around 50 A.D. Um, and it's encouraged. I mean, there, there, there isn't, he isn't writing this letter because of this gross, immoral thing that's going on in the church. This letter was written um, one, to spur them on, to encourage them, but this is written to a church that's doing well. Not to say that they were perfect, but it was an encouraging letter. Paul writes this letter to encourage them to keep going strong. And throughout this letter, Paul prays, which is what we're going to do. So the first prayer is in chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. second prayer is in chapter 3, 11 through 13. And the last prayer is in chapter 5, 22 through 24. So he tells all these things, and he starts off with um, section 1, verses 1 through 5. It says, Paul and Sylvanus and Timothy to the church of, Thessal- of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before God and Father your works of faith and labor of love and steadfastness in hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel is came to you not only in world word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. I, I think, and, and you'll see this through the prayers, and I'll, let me just go ahead and tell you the three kind of ideas in all three of these prayers. The first one, which we'll talk about right now, 
is thankfulness. The second one is endurance. And the third one is hope. I think one of the greatest ways to get your heart right and settled uh, in prayer is starting with being grateful for what God has done. Because sometimes we can hop right into prayer going, God, I need, I want you to do this. And we can forget because it stirs our faith when we begin to remember, which is what he's doing. Paul's saying, hey, for your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness in hope in spite of all that's going on in our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is from a month. Paul preached for a month. This is a church that's been there forever. This is a church that heard the gospel, began, and was a month old when Paul and Silas left, um, scurried away so they wouldn't be arrested or murdered. In this church, Paul is going, how grateful are we as we look at our own life when we start to pray when we lean into god and we start asking for things start with this reality of thankfulness this attitude of gratitude see paul was grateful not for the work of his hand because it could be real easy for paul to go look what i have done like i'm just that great of a preacher that they've heard the gospel and that this church began thank be to paul Paul was saying, thanks be to God for what God has done. It wasn't even their work and their labor, but it's what God has done for them. See, if we start with gratitude, it will shape our prayers and build our faith. We talked about this last week. Uh, Our our young pros group, we had this exercise where they had to write down these things that they're grateful grateful for. But when we stop and think... That even what's going on in the Middle East, for thousands of years, the evil realm has been trying to wipe out a people that has not. Countries, multiple countries, came after Israel And it is not. So we can be grateful that right now that Israel is a nation and that everything that has come against Israel so far has failed. Thank you, Lord, for those that are there. Thank you even for our country, um, although it ebbs and flows, our country's willingness to support Israel, which is one of the only democratic countries in that area that have elections just like we do, has a general care and welfare for all of those that are there. One out of five of their army of Israel is Muslim. I mean, they, they, Israel isn't like, hey, you, you can't be here. They have, a, they have set up, and we can be grateful for what God's doing. We can be grateful for what God is doing in our life, and I don't know how many, um, we talked about in our group last week, we, we talked about like <laughs> how easy we could woke up, woke up this morning and have a little pain in one of our joints or, you know, the older I get, like I hurt my back last week, and, you know, uh, we can get up and I can just think about like, oh, my back is sore, but I can also wake up and be like, I woke up this morning. And everybody that's in this room has health enough to get you into a car, out of a car, and into this room. Right now, you just took a breath 
in lungs that work, maybe not as well as you want them to, but we can be so grateful for what God is doing. And um, for parents of kids, I, I know it can be anxiety-ridden, especially um, Friday. Um, you know, there, you heard all these things that there was kind of a call from these terror organizations to do all these things. Uh, and our children, like this weekend, one of my uh, my son was at a um, Carolina football game yesterday, you know, all the stuff that's going on the campus there. My daughter went, uh, my 21-year-old went to the state fair, and I'm like, like, there's a piece of me that's like, there's a lot of people, like, what's going on? But I'm, be, and I'm I was just like, all weekend, I'm like, God, it's, I can't go there and like wand everybody like, oh, it's safe now, Lydia, you can go to the fair, but I can go, God, thank you that right now I have three children that at this point are living and breathing and doing well. And we gotta be, we gotta start from this place of being grateful for what God has done. If God has rescued you from your life of sin and you are His child, start there because this is what Paul is, he is, he is lifting up to them what God has done because the most important thing that anybody will ever do or receive is choosing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if he has, in spite of your sin and in spite of your history, he's calling you son or daughter right now, that's where we begin. Because everything else that we're going to pray for, if we're starting there, our ability to endure and our ability to hope grows exponentially when we live from this place of being thankful for what God is doing. Um, chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. And this idea here is endurance. It says, Now may our God and Father Himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another. And for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. After being grateful for what God has done already, the next most important thing that you will ever ask God for is the ability to endure what you're going to face. And still choose to love him. Because most of us in this room haven't had easy, um, conflict-free lives. Most of you in this room, whether you've gone through it or are in it right now, there are going to be phases in your life, if you haven't experienced it, at some point in the future where you will have to choose to endure things that are going on and still choose to trust in God. We don't, we don't, I think sometimes we be like, I think of endurance as this, like, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to, I'm just going to hold on to it. Like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make it through. Um, I like this at 1 Corinthians 9, 24. We got to look at it, not, not just through the sense of like enduring where I'm just going to take it, but also in the sense of preparation. So look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. It says, do you not know that all in a race, that, that in a race, all runners run, but only one receives a prize? 
I know our culture doesn't really do that anymore, and everybody's getting their participation medals. But the reality is, after school, you don't get participation trophies anymore. You either do the work or you don't, and so we, we need to run. So, so run in a way to obtain it. This is talking about faithfulness. This is talking about uh, Paul is talking to a people that uh, how we need to strive to endure. It says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do to receive a perishable wreath, but we, an imperishable, because we're talking about spiritual things, the reason why we endure, the reason why we train our bodies to endure, our soul to endure. So do not, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body to keep it under control, least or after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Like, this isn't a game. Like, one of the things in the beauty of Paul is writing this to a church that's succeeding. Paul is writing this to a church that he knows at some point is going to face a, a crisis of belief. Maybe not the church, but individuals in it. And we have to choose to prepare, to know enough about what God has done that we can continue to endure. Learning to love others shapes our hearts. Look at, look at this section it's here. That our Lord may make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. So that, which is another word like therefore, to a so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father. One of the easiest ways to protect and guard our heart is learn to love people like Jesus loved people. Um, we've been going through a book with our elders, and we, we this last week had a discussion about this idea of um, us people being born in the image of God. You here in this room, God made you in his image, and every single person that we don't agree with, and this is why we're praying, because his grace is not above saving those that are persecuting us individually for those that are attacking Israel. They, the, all, all of those individuals, as wrong as they may be, were created in the image of God and have an opportunity to experience His grace. But it shapes when we learn to not look. And, and this is a hard thing. Look, our world gives us ample opportunity to hate. Every time you go somewhere, every video, like I, when, when I get, you know, I'm watching videos where it's just like someone does someone wrong. Like there's this easy piece of me that's just like, I want to be angry. I want to be hateful. I want to be like, you got what you deserve. But then I need to remember that God didn't give me what I deserve. And I'm not talking about justice. I, I you know, God, God has given us rule and law and we need to fall in that. But like, we need to also be very careful when we look at what's going on in our world, that we're pay, praying for redemption for all. Now, we may have to do other things and just offer redemption. We may have to, you know, fight back. But here, here's another idea of Acts 17, verse 28. Because he said, he's here talking about endurance. He said that he'll direct our way. One of the things that we need to understand in 28, it says, for in him... We live and move and have our being, which is a quote out of Job. 
in him, we, we live and move and have our being. There, there is nothing, nothing that is going on in your world, in your life right now, is outside of what God is trying to do to shape and mold you. I believe that everything, good and bad, that God is doing in and around you, he's doing to shape you. Because this section, right after this, he goes into this idea of, like, we're called to be holy and sinless. I don't think we can do that with perfection. I don't think there's a, I think we can become better. We can be saint, we can, our level of sanctification can move forward. Sanctification is this process of us becoming like Christ. And it, we should be, we should be moving forward in that. Because he challenges the church to, to, you know, in their sexual purity and their heart and all these other things to, with endurance to continue, that we would be blameless and holy before our God. That, that's not going to happen if we don't choose to live in such a way that we're directing our life towards God. Here's the last prayer. Chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Christ Jesus that he who calls you is faithful he will surely do it and you you see this 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 comes right after a section where he talks about his return one of the things that we must realize is there will be a judgment and there will be a return like, we, we aren't just left here to be like, well, it, whatever, we need to prepare in a way that he may come. And, and what's going, when we have things that are going on in Israel, like right now, um, it ups that level of like, like, it, God, are you working things to your end? And we did a little, I, I just, I was, I was on a Zoom call with some other pastors just talking about this, Israel, and like, what we should be doing, what we can be doing, and. I was sitting there because one of the guys was just saying, hey, like the potential powder keg that this is sitting on, like what's going on with Russia, what's going on in Israel, what's potentially going to go on in China with Taiwan, like they're, our world as we know it, and I'm not a doomsdayer as much as I'm a chicken little, uh, oh, the sky is falling, um, I don't know, but it should, it should increase our willingness to, to press in prayer because when 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 and if it gets to the place I, I believe sometime in our lifetime my lifetime um the level of persecution in this country is going to increase to an uncomfortable standard i think at some point this what we have meeting in a a, a county owned building and proclaiming the gospel and teaching his word um will come to an end and we need to be ready to win, win that because this is a church that is struggling with the environment that is against them. We need to prepare ourselves. And part of that is putting ourselves in the shoes of what's going on over in Israel. It's easy to be like, well, no one's bombing my house. And no one's doing this. And it seems so far away. And I don't know why this hit me. I have a, um, my son's 19 and I'm 47, so I'm kind of out of the... Uh, um, they're going to draft me. 
But, you know, like that, that my spiral of my head, like if this goes south, like our, our children, like I, my whole 47 years, as much as there's been stuff going on in our world, there's been no major war, like World War II, World War I. There's been no Vietnam. There's, there's, there's been conflicts all around, and I'm not diminishing those. But, like, we, we need to be ready and willing. And there was a piece of me because, like, I had ordered a couple of things this week, and, like, I get excited when I order things. And I, in, in my brain, my flesh, I was just like, those are all for nothing. If, if, if it comes down to it, and our world starts to crumble around us, no one's going to be like, when is Amazon going to deliver my whatever? Like, I wish we could bottle and keep that same idea in our head of going, hey, you know, like, if, if our world's heading in these directions, we need to be ready now. This is why um, we need to be preaching the gospel. This is why we need to be sharing with people around us uh, and not saying that it is today or tomorrow, but he is going to return. That, this, that's what's leading us into this last one, which is hope. And I know it may seem terrifying for what is going to come, but it is not terrifying for his children. Because we hope in what he is going to do. If we don't pray with that mindset that he is in control, he is a sovereign God. There is nothing outside of his control. If you want to break down my theology in the simplest form, I believe in a big God and a little man. I have a very difficult time that Heath Cadell can thwart the plans of God by a decision that I make. And I'm not saying that we don't have will and we can't do things, but I'm just saying I have to, for my sanity's sake, believe in a God that's in control right now. And so part of that hope that we pray through is as we pray for Israel, as you pray for your anxiety that's going on in your life, as you pray for your children, as you pray for what's going on in relationships and around you, we don't pray through the lens of like, God, I hope you will do these things. We pray through the lens of that God wants to do things for our good. God is working all things to his end. He said these words sanctify them completely, and none of us have arrived there. So we should be asking with hope, God, please continue to work in me. Philippians 1.6, it says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's my hope. When days that I feel anxious and overwhelmed and like, God, have you called the wrong person? Like when, I, when I'm aware of me, like I have to get to this place of like what you've started in me and what you've started in this church and what you've started in the lives of people in this church and what you've started across our world, you will bring to completion. And I think one of the most beautiful things that happens, and I omitted this, um, not accidentally, I had an intention for it, but then I was sitting here before, but verse 25, Paul asked for them to pray for, for him. And I just want to, I want to say this, if you're, if you're a, a family member of REACH, whether you're a, a, a signatured member, or you are like, this is my home church, um, 
if you if you don't do anything else, I, more than what you put in that bucket, I would rather you do this than what you put in that bucket. I'd rather you pray for what God is going to do in this city through this church. Pray for me. Like, I, and I tell this all the time. I, I talk to the guy who owns the building that I want to, us to have across the parking lot from our building. Um, if, if you want things, like pray. Like, I, I'm not that I'm going to do this to you because I'll continue to tell you that I want a building as bad as you want a building, but I may start asking you, like, how much are you praying for it? Because the guy was like, I, I told him, I was like, I pray for this building every day. It's on my little to-do list. And he was like, what's the opposite? He's agnostic, this guy. He grew up Muslim, but he's non-practicing. He's like, what's the opposite of amen? Like, amen is an agreement. Like, yes, we want this to happen. He's like, what's the opposite of that? He's like, because I don't want to sell this building. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, this wasn't to say it. The Lord, I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to tell you, if God wants it, you can't stop it. And he's like, how about this? How about I pray that God gives you an even better building than this? And I was like, I will take that also. <laughs> um, I remember when we didn't have a place to meet. Um, when we moved here to plant this church, there's not a whole lot of buildings and facilities around this town that are like church ready um and we went prayer walked over the middle school and I, I remember walking onto the campus we parked at the road because the gate was locked and we walked over there and i put my hands on the, the brick and they hadn't had a church in their building for four years and they were really our last hope and i put my hand on the building and we were just praying over the property and i felt like the holy spirit said i, I laid these bricks for you And no lie, no lie, I started serving, working at the uh, middle school, doing cleanups. And like for the whole summer I was there, at probably 15 hours a week, clean. I broke one of their windows, <laughs> weed eating. Um, and I, I sat down with the principal, Principal Underwood, she's retired now, love that lady. And I remember the first time I sat down with her, and I was just like, I, I, when we prayed over this building, I felt like God said I laid these. <laughs> Somebody was like, you said that to her? I was like, yes. I believed it, um, and God put us there in that building. Um, and I just want to say, if, if you love this church, the first thing that you need to be doing for it is praying. Because we, me, others, will get in the way of what God wants to do in this church. Just like others will get in the way of what God's trying to do in Israel and in our country. We need to be going, God... We trust in you. And more than ever, more than ever, because I feel um, in the days, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the future that's coming soon, um, there's going to be a mighty work that's going to go on in this city. I believe God has been preparing for a long time for a renewal or revival, whatever, in this area. And we need to be ready. And for, for us to be ready, we need to be praying, we need to be preparing, we need to be training ourselves, because he's coming back. So what do we do? I'm going to invite our, our worship team back up. <clears throat> so here, here's these three prayers. We've got to start with thanksgiving. We've got to start with gratitude. We've got to start with what God's already done. And, and here's the beauty. They could be a few little things. 
Like right now, depending on how, I mean, this church had only been saved. It had only been a church for, you know, let's say this is a couple of months after they left, less than a year old. He's writing to this church that's a baby. And there wasn't a lot to be thankful for. Some of us in this room have known Jesus for decades, and we have so much to be thankful for. We have forgotten about most of it, and we need to, we need to get in this attitude of remembering what God has done with thanksgiving. I mean, this is, let me just tell you, uh, reach right now, and I know it doesn't feel like it, and I, let me just say, I don't like doing two services. So for those who are like, oh, he's splitting I would love for us all to be in one room and see each other. I want that. And I don't want to preach more than once. Selfishly, I do not. So if you think Heath is just like, ha he's doing, no. But reach right now, and you may not feel it, but reach right now is the largest it has ever been. And, and I don't, and it's not a numbers thing. That doesn't matter. We can have thousands of people and not preach the gospel and miss the mark and it be nothing. It be for naught. But I believe that God is doing things in the lives of people in this church. There's people in this church that weren't a part of any church before they came to reach. There's people that we're getting our baptismal redone. There's people that have committed their life to, to Jesus, uh, been baptized, declare him and are, and are working at being his child day in, day out, over and over again. So we need to start with being thankful, and some of that can just be thankful for what God has already done and what God is doing right now. And then we need to pray for endurance. We need to be willing to uh, allow ourselves, we need to ask for it. Because I, I think sometimes we're like, I just want to be better, and we, we, we read and we do these things, but we need to start asking that God would give us the ability to endure the things that are coming. And with that endurance, we need to hope that it's his work and not mine. If, it's left to, if your endurance is left to you in your tenacity or your ability, you're in trouble. But if it's left, to the creator who loves you and has called you according to his purpose. And he's, he's prepared all these good works for you to walk into in advance. Then we need to just, and I don't, I don't say this literally, but we need to sit back and trust in him. We need to have this heart of restful uh, completion of what he has done and is doing in us and begin to allow him in us. And we need to pray this. In our lives, we need to pay, pray this for our people, for our children, and we need to pray this for our world. Look, I, I don't know what's going to happen, and there are so many things that could happen with what's going on in our world right now. So many. This could be just a blip, and we move on for decades more in the same pattern. I'm, I'm torn because there's a piece of me that likes that. But there's also a piece of me that likes God to advance his kingdom in a way that we cannot do without. With ease and comfort, we will sit and do nothing. And so I I just encourage you, church, um, before the mess starts, start praying. And here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. If you've not, let's just say right now you're like, I don't pray. That's okay. Today. It can start little. It doesn't have to be this hour-long thing. You just start saying, hey, God, 
I'm telling you, if you start just letting your thankfulness flow of what God has done for you, it will begin to build that endurance in you. And then you begin to ask God, I want to be sanctified. I want to be holy. There's things in my life that I need to work through and work on, and I need you, but I need to hope in your ability to fix me. So let's pray. Lord, uh, we need a little ember a little coal set in our souls. Would you fan into flame our willingness to see that your kingdom has come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let us live like that is so. And Lord, let us live right now with this attitude that we are grateful for what you have done and are doing. Lord, we ask for endurance, not only for us. Lord, we ask for endurance for those people that right now maybe have lost everything. And Lord, we pray your gospel over all of this. Lord, what happened to our country around 9-11, it stirred people to you. And Lord, tension and conflicts will will have people searching for answers. And Lord, I pray that that the church would rise up. Not in a a finger-pointing, angry, but like in a a grace-filled heart that the Savior saves. Lord, I pray for those that have been deceived by the devil to destroy a people. Lord, I pray that you change hearts. Lord, I pray that you do miraculous things in uh, our world, in in Israel right now. Lord, I I pray that you protect the innocent. That there is innocent on both sides. Lord, I pray that you protect the innocent. But you also give them the ability to squash the ones that are causing this war. Lord, we don't know really what to pray, but we need you. Lord, there's people in this room that we need you more than ever. And Lord, would you stir our hearts to you, that we would trust you and hope in you, Lord, that we would be a people that is set apart for Thank you for your grace and mercy. Let us lift these words to you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com.